At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's up, you guys? Welcome to the August 19th edition of the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher. Getting ready to talk about one of my favorite stats, the three-point line. So three-pointers, we'll talk about when to, who to draft, when to draft, and some other strategy stuff. With me to do so is Dr. A. Steve Alexander. What's up, man? Not much, man. Not much. Uh, signing my kid up for some fall baseball, so I'm coaching again. We're right back in the baseball chain gang without a break. Always. So. Always. Should be fun, though. Got to get him to play some, some hoops, man. <laughs> That's a winner. It's coming. Oh, nice. So he plays sports year-round, though? Pretty much, yeah. That's awesome. All right, so let's just get down to this. Uh, in case you missed the Monday pod, Ryan and I went over pretty much everyone for blocks, so we're not going to do that. It just takes too long. We're just going to kind of talk about guys you can get kind of in the later rounds of your draft, five rounds or after. Um, and I did a, actually a mock draft on Wednesday that I'll kind of tie into that I just noticed. It wasn't an expert draft or anything, so uh, interesting stuff. So let's start with Mike D'Antoni's Houston Rockets. They are going to have threes firing away, and they have four guys who, or three in particular, who can really be uh, 2.5 kind of threes per game players. Uh, the three being Trevor Ariza, Eric Gordon, and Ryan Anderson. Pat Beverly, I think, could be a 1.53 kind of guy. Um, any of those guys just strike you as someone you want to target aggressively or you kind of look for value when they slide? What do you think? Well, with Ariza, I, I, it's kind of surprising to look back at his value last year. I think he was like third-round value um, in, in really any way you sliced it up. Um, and to me, if that's where people are going to be drafting him again this year, I, I'm, I'm not comfortable, um, with him in round three, I don't think. Yeah, he is, we had, uh, talked about him on the steals pod two years in a row now. He's trash in November, December, and then early January. And then light switch comes on and he just lights it up down the stretch. And he was what I think like top 30. Uh, in the last 30, 40 games, something like that. Just so, so good for steals and threes. He's going to be good, man. And that mock I did was 8-cat. He went kind of late. He went like 6th, 7th round, uh, something along those lines. I was getting ready to pick him, and he got taken in front of me. Uh, so that was surprising to me. I think I think people don't really buy a reason. I mean, he's getting older, but uh, his first 3, 4 years, he didn't really play. So he's kind of got some good miles on the tires. Um of Eric Gordon and Ryan Anderson, either of those two guys do anything for you? I mean, the, the thing about, well, both of them really have been so injured. Um, well, Gordon, his whole career, except for his rookie season, mm-hmm. and then Anderson, the last three years, he's been pretty shaky. But I really feel like An- Anderson's going to bounce back this year. He's been stuck behind Anthony Davis. Uh, now it looks like he's back in the starting lineup. All reports that I've seen are that he's pretty healthy. 
And I think we're going to see a resurgence from Ryan Anderson. I think uh, he's going to be a good source of sleeper threes. Um, Gordon, to me, to put him on a on a season-long fantasy roster, you're really playing with fire because he's always hurt. So I, I kind of like Anderson as a, as a uh, value pick. Uh, Gordon, I think I'm going to let somebody else deal with him. Ariza, if I can get him in the fifth or sixth round or maybe in the late four, uh, I'm good with. But I think by the time drafts get here, the guide comes out, he may be overvalued. Yeah, he went pretty late in that eight cat uh, because you're not going to get much defense. You're pretty much just living on threes. But very good chance. Uh, I'd almost say a strong. Uh, I'd say he's probably the favorite um, among power forwards and centers to lead that group in three pointers. I mean, he, he's going to be firing at will uh, with Harden kicking out to him and all that. Uh, he's going to get. I think his minutes will be pretty similar. But yeah, not someone I want to target aggressively. If, for instance, I did whiff on three-pointers um, or didn't get guys who don't really fill it up, he's definitely a guy that could fit in nicely. Um, but yeah. And at Papev, uh, I don't really have any interest in. Uh, even though I, I think Harden will handle the ball even more. And you're pretty much just counting on uh, Ryan Anderson taking shots, Gordon taking shots. A lot of guys taking shots away from him, um, even more so than what Dwight would be giving up. Yeah, and his assist numbers are so low, and his scoring is so low. The only thing he really gives you is maybe close to a couple threes and and one steal a game. And maybe you target Beverly at at the end of your draft, but I'm not really interested in him either. Yeah, he won't be very highly coveted at all. Speaking of coveted, let's go with uh, Robert (laughs) Covington. Accidental slip there, but I'll take it. Um he was unbelievable uh, for three-pointers after the break. 23 games, 3.3 threes per game, just firing at will. Nine three-point attempts per game. But he's got a situation on his hands. We've got Dario Sarge, who is more of a four, but they're going to try to play him at the three uh, to put some minutes in there just because it's such a logjam with Noel, Embiid, Okafor, they they got to play those guys at some four minutes, along with Simmons, who's going to play mostly the four. So uh, we'll see what happens with Cummington, but I don't think he'll hit that 31.2 minutes per game post-break. So that means, uh, but that's okay if he's hitting three threes a game. So someone that slipped, actually. I took him, I think, 105 in that uh, that eight-cat draft. And this was it was a 12-man, quote-unquote, but uh, there were a couple people who didn't really know what they were doing, so it was more of a 10. So, yeah, you could probably get him, I think, like 80. I'm cool with that. Uh, I'm okay with it. I don't love him this year with um, with Sarge looking to break out and Philadelphia having so many question marks. Um, I mean, I'm, Covington's not a must-own guy on my list, but I, I don't have any issues with taking him, uh, like you said, um, between 80 and 100. Yeah, once he start, not until he starts sliding that you're gonna want to pounce. Uh, and again, this was this was eight cat. He's a better nine cat guy. His turnovers aren't too high. Uh, only one point seven turnovers post break last year was really nice. Uh, so yeah, uh, moving along here to the star of Wednesday is Nikola Mirotic. Really carried Spain with his twenty three points. He's up to sixty six true shooting percentage in the Olympics, and he'll be playing today uh, for a great game. So we'll see um, what happens with him. Awesome. Another guy, post-break, lit it up. Not the biggest sample, though. Uh, he was banged up a little bit. 
22 games, 2.83s on 45% from the field overall, and he is going to have a lot of pressure on him to shoot the three. So he is a straight-up boomer bust, the old round seven special, um, and he'll probably go earlier. I don't think he's going to make it that far um, in some leagues. He just has so much pressure to hit shots. Um, would you be aggressive enough to jump up and take him or kind of see how the, where the draft takes you? No, I'm, I'm going to see where the draft takes me. I, I don't have to have Mirotic. Huh. Uh, if Taj Gibson wasn't there, I'd feel better about it, having to have him. But, um, you know, Mirotic is, like you said, boom or bust, night to night. It's it's a different story almost every night. Um, but the, the thing he does better than anything else is shoot three-pointers. Um, and he had a lot of them last year, you know, two a game. And uh, given his inconsistency, that that's a pretty high number. So um, I think for three-pointers, Miritich, if you get to round seven, round eight, and he's sitting there and you need threes, get him. What do you think about Rhino and um, Nico Miritich? Who would you take out of that group? Uh I think I'd rather have Rhino. Okay, I'd rather have Miritich. I think I'd rather have Rhino because he's proven over a long period of time what he can do. He's going to be fired up about being back in the starting five, playing with a new team. He they he's going to get a lot of open threes. I think with Harden yeah. out there and uh, those other guys. So yeah. I'm leading a comeback from Rhino. Yeah, both very similar. I think Ryan, Rhino has the higher floor. Uh, where Miritich has the the safer side with with the injury risk, I think he's not as risky. Ryan Anderson just hurts so much um, that kind of um, really hurts his value for me. So we'll stick with another guy who's tall, power forward, three point specialist, and that's uh, Mirza Toledovic. Another guy, very similar situation. They need him to hit threes. Uh, hit, I believe, more uh, more threes off the bench in a season than anyone ever. Uh, 2.73s post-break for the Suns. And I don't see why his role would be any different. Uh, I could see him playing minutes in the mid-20s. Should be over two threes a game. Very sneaky. And you could get him late. Uh, I mean, no one's saying, like, oh, I got to have Mirza Toledovic. Just another guy where if you whiff uh, on threes, you could just clean up later uh, and grab him. What do you think about him? Yeah, he's playing for the Bucks this year, which that's going to be interesting to see. <laughs> How that all goes down, um, you know. I I really liked him in Phoenix for a minute, um, and when he when he's hot, you know, he's kind of like Miritich. When he's hot, um, it's all good, and he's he can carry your team actually if he if he gets hot. Um, but we've got Jabari Parker kind of in the way a little bit. Uh, Giannis is out there playing. Who knows point. Point guard, point forward, I don't know what, but uh, Toledovic to me is is a true three-point specialist, even though Jason Kidd says he's not. Uh, that's what he does. And again, later in the draft, if I need threes, I'm good with him. He's not somebody I'm going to go out there and put on a must-have list. Hmm. Yeah, just again, late flyer. I don't think he's going to get drafted in standard leagues. But, hey, you could I could see him putting up value with mid-20s minutes. They're going to play Jabari at the three a little bit more. Um, we'll see what happens. with The Greg Monroe rumors are for real. So we may even see Kid go crazy. And I mean, they don't really need a, a, 
a great perimeter, or excuse me, an interior defender with the length they have uh, with Giannis and Jabari uh, and even Middleton at, at the two. Uh, so that we may see him play some fives. Um, well, and the other thing about Toledovich is he's one of those guys, he may not get drafted in standard leagues, but I guarantee you he'll get hot for a game or two and he'll people will pick him up. He's one of those guys that will probably bounce on and off of rosters all year. Yeah, like if you're especially streaming, I think if you play in a stream league and you're short on threes and even a 10-man league, you're like, oh, Bucks are playing on Saturday, Sunday. Uh, give me some of that mirrors of love. Uh, all right, so let's go to Evan Fournier. Didn't play for the French team. They probably could have used him. Um, got a new coach, but he's coming off a, a 2.03 season. Uh, no more Oladipo. Uh, he played 32.5 minutes per game. I don't see why he can't hit 2.0 again. Um, but we'll see what happens with his very good field goal percentage, 62 point. I'm sorry, 62, I wish. Uh, 46.2. Uh, what? You hit 46% and you're hitting two threes. That's nice. So someone that's going to – another, I don't think, high-demand guy that I, I'll take uh, if he's there, kind of like kind of like Covington, but maybe a round and a half earlier where it's like, all right, I need a shooting guard that can hit some threes and not really hurt me anywhere. I'm on it. Well, and Jody Meeks is kind of washed up, <laughs> and that's his competition at shooting guard for the most Ma- part. Mario will probably get some shooting guard minutes too. Mario will get some, but, you know – we waited for Mario all year <laughs> last year and never really saw that. Didn't uh, hasn't looked great in uh, Rio, by the way. Yeah, and Fournier was great last year. Now, part of that was Skiles loved him, and he's got a new coach, so the love may not be the same from his coach. But to me, he's locked into that starting shooting guard role. I see him bumping up. I think I see more like two point five, two point eight. Ooh, two point eight would be killer. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think two. I think I'm a little bit lower. I'm probably like two point three, two point five. But yeah, we agree on the two five. Uh, he's he's gonna be really good. Uh, just uh, another guy that people just don't really like. Oh, uh, they don't. He doesn't have like a fan club like some of these other guys that we'll talk about a little bit later. Uh, so anything else? Good. Yeah, we're good. All right. So Wesley Matthews coming off a really down year, but he has the built-in excuse of the torn Achilles, which is. Uh, the most built-in excuse you can get, really. It's one of the toughest injuries for basketball. Uh, his threes dipped from 2.9 in 14-15 to 2.4. Um, he, his percentage dropped. He only took about a half a three less. So and it was just pretty much not hitting shots. Uh, and then what really hurt his owners was only making 39% from the field for a guy who's a 44% shooter overall. Um, didn't go to the line as much as he did two seasons ago. His steals took a hit. His assists took a hit. His boards took a hit. Obviously, his scoring took a hit. Um, but yeah, I could see Wes a nice sneaky pick, man. Uh, people are gonna forget how good he was. He was top fifty player when he was going strong those last couple seasons. What thirteen, fourteen? Played eighty two games. He he was just a, a, a monster. Do you you want some bow and arrow action? <laughs> uh, yeah, I totally agree with you. I think uh, Matthews is a is a I don't know if sleeper is the right word, but I mean, he's Seth Curry's not going to take his job or his minutes. Um, and he's fully recovered now from the Achilles. He should be ready to come out and roll. Um, and he's really one of the best offensive players on that team, not named Dirk. So Matthews should have a really good year. And I could see him, you know, if you're having a down year and you hit 2.4 three pointers, that's, that's a good sign that. 
you may be real close to three this year. Yeah, I mean, he's going to turn 30 in October, which is okay. A guy, Another guy who didn't play too much uh, in, in his rookie season uh, and a lot of time in college, too. So he doesn't have too much NBA miles on his tires compared to some other 30-year-olds. But, yeah, I, I love West, man. Another guy that, like, all right, I'll take him and just hope for a bounce back. Uh, I would call him a sleeper. I think you get him in the second half of your draft. I think um, I think one of the things you said early on is you don't have to draft three pointers early, and I think this list of guys we're talking about is a perfect perfect example of how there's tons of guys sitting out there late that you can get that will really knock down a lot of threes for you. And I was I was thinking about before we, before we got on here we were, we were talking about the Westbrook versus Harden eight cat battle. And based on how this pod's going, it's making a case for Westbrook because Harden is going to be ridiculous for threes, um, where that'll give him his big advantage over Westbrook, who won't put up many threes. So, you know, take Westbrook and fill up your threes later. Seems like a viable strategy. Yeah, and who knows, man? Westbrook, without Durant, he may decide that he needs to shoot seven three-pointers. Oh, no. <laughs> I, we wouldn't want that as fantasy owners. We, we want uh, driving the basket Westbrook, although that may help keep him healthy. Uh, anything else on Mr. Wesley? Nope. Uh, JJ Redick, we, we don't need to talk about him much. Just rock solid uh, fantasy guy. Always high in percentages. Coming off of 48% from the field with two seven threes, 89% from the line. I mean, this guy is just Kyle Korver, really. I mean, just helping your percentages while hitting that volume on threes is, is just such a great thing to see from him. You mean pre the last year and a half Kyle Korver? Yeah, true. Um, I wish we could see J.J. Redick without Jamal Crawford for a season. Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't think he's going to be a 32-minute kind of guy. I mean, he had put 28 minutes a game last year. That's a good role for him. Yeah, I, did, I, just, I would rather see a 34-minute uh, Redick just to see what he would do. Yeah. Do you think he can duplicate what he did last year? I mean, mean, hitting 48% uh, in that kind of volume from three is... 48% from three is just so good. It's crazy good, but, I mean, he was crazy good at at Duke. So, I mean, I'm not really surprised that he can hit 48% of his threes. And can he do it again? No, but... Well, maybe, but I think... You know, I think the worst we're going to see out of him is probably like 44, 45. Yeah, he, he was a six-rounder uh, per game last year with 75 games. So he'll go ninth, tenth, I think, and I'm cool with that. Um, I would prefer Wes, I think, because I think he'll have better output and steals and some other stats here and there, rebounds, steals, and, so, and other things like that. So uh, who would you prefer? I'd rather have Wes. Yeah, but much better ceiling out of him. Uh, move on on to Zach Levine, who I was surprised to see. He was very high in the ESPN rankings in that mock that I did. Uh, but it's justified. I uh, had a really strong finish. 2.43s after the break last year. Um, nice little bump in minutes, too. Pre-break, he was 24 minutes. Post-break, he was 35 minutes. Uh, so he really got free, really embraced that shooting guard role. Um, and yeah, 48% from the field overall. I mean, he really got it going. Um, totally turned the page. Maybe the, the dunk contest was like the reverse home run derby where the home run derby guys wear down after the home run derby, but Levine killed it in a dunk contest and then kept it going. Uh, so yeah, well, 
are you going to be aggressive on him? I don't think people are going to be too aggressive on him, but could I kind of I kind of like him. Um, I like the fact that my boy Sam Mitchell is not there to mess with his head anymore. Uh, he had a really pretty good year, despite the fact that Sam Mitchell uh, was doing Sam Mitchell things to him, and I think the sky's the limit this year. I, I really like his ceiling, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm probably going to be targeting uh, Levine this year. Does the Thibodeau factor scare you off? Levine, not exactly a strong defender. Uh, so I, I, that scares me a little bit. I think that's probably why I'm a little bit bashful to draft him. Who's he going to play at shooting guard? Dunn. Chris Dunn? Yeah, or Wiggins. Eh, I, I, think, I think Levine is a good enough player and a valuable enough player to that team that Thibodeau is going to be okay with his lack of D. So my boy Gary Harris, uh, I love him, and he slipped in this draft I did on Wednesday, uh, which was a surprise. Again, eight cat, but post break, uh, another guy that's just high field goal percentage, forty eight percent from the field, one point five threes. I think that could go up a little bit too. Um, added some steals. We talked about him on the Steals podcast. I love Gary Harris. Um, just another shooting guard that you can pick up late. Uh, get some boards out of him, probably get three and a half boards. He only had three per game last year. Throwing a couple assists there. Uh, I, I love him. Low turnovers is what makes him the kind of nine-cat gold. Yeah, I think my favorite thing about Gary Harris is that people don't know who Gary Harris is. <laughs> yeah. um, you talk about guys with name recognition like J.R. Smith and J.J. Redick and these these people that everybody knows. Well, like, you know, guys that are new to fantasy basketball this year aren't going to know who Gary Harris is unless they really did some research. And um, and he had a really good season. He really doesn't have much competition at all for for shooting guard, um, unless Wilson Chandler somehow ends up there, which I don't think is going to happen. So yeah, I think Harris is due for a, another really good year. Um, I don't think last year was a fluke, and. Uh, He's another guy, along with Levine, that that uh, I'd love to end up with both those guys on my team late in the draft. Yeah, well, they do have Jamal Murray, but they've made it very, very, very clear that it's still Gary Harris's job. Man, Jamal Murray looked pretty bad, in my opinion, in summer league, which for whatever that's worth. And he's a, young guards take some time. Uh, Devin Booker's kind of, I guess, an anomaly. So I would not expect. I love Jamal Murray, but I don't see him impacting Gary Harris, and that's probably why he's slipping. People see that these guys are drafting. They drafted two shooting guards. They drafted Murray and Malik Beasley. And people see that, and they're like, oh, no, uh, is Gary Harris in trouble? No, he's not. Um, they're just drafting the best player because Denver is unbelievably great at drafting players these days. Um, love what they've been doing. Um, yeah, just take Gary Harris when he slips. Um, and a couple other shooting guards we'll talk about and pretty much just take the value there. Um, I don't think I would would I would go Gary over Wes. Um, I think his Gary Harris's field goal percentage will probably be like four points higher. Interesting. I, it's close though. It's pretty close. I think I would probably take I'd probably take Wes first. Yeah. I'd probably take Wes first, thinking in my mind that I can get Harris on the way back if I yeah. still That makes sense. Uh, I don't know. I'm just uh, I'm in love with Gary Harris. He's probably one of my, my favorite. <laughs> All, if I had to have like a team of guys I like more than you, I think Gary Harris would be my shooting guard. 
Um, Gary Harris might have the most boring name in the <laughs> We can call him Garris, which is fun to tie, to tie them both together. Uh, what about Jamal Murray? It's a super-duper deep sleeper for threes. He can shoot it, man. Um, just someone to kind of keep an eye on, throw him on your watch list, unless you're in like a 2014 league. Well, I guess uh, we know who you're going to take in round 11 of 30 deep. I love I love Murray, man. Uh, I, I watched a lot of highlights of him. I love pull-up pull up three-point shooters. That, that's the, the way to my heart. Um, so, uh, any, actually, real quick on the Nuggets. Um, Gallinari is another guy. Barton's sneaky. Um, Wilson Chandler had some decent stretches with three-pointers. So, I don't know. Something to kind of, a lot of these guys are pretty good. Denver's going to be fun this year. Very, uh, very fantasy friendly um, with the way they're going to put guys through, uh, I guess, the ringer with, with the, the rotation. We'll see what happens. And your boy Jokic. That's right. Uh, I took him at 25 in that mock, and I don't care. It's only a mock, so we'll see. You may get him later, but if you're at 25 on that turn, he ain't coming back to you uh, at all. So. I took him at 25, and I don't care. You did too? No, that's what oh, you that's said. me. I, yeah, oh, I just like that quote. Yeah, he'll be he'll be there. Uh, I think he'll, I can, he's capable of being top ten ish. Just love that guy. Uh, field field goal percentage. Uh, so, I think anybody who listens to your podcast know how you feel about uh, Jokic. Yeah, I had one guy who in that draft I did on Wednesday. I know he's an avid listener. And he kept sniping all my guys right in front of me. And I was just like, all right, dude, at least I, I can't be mad uh, <laughs> that, that you're, I guess, evaluating what I'm saying. Like, he took Tobias right in front of me. I uh, took jo- Valachunas right in front of me. He let Jokic go to me, which which is surprising. Well, he probably was just trying to be nice. <laughs> yeah, I took Harden first and Jokic Horford. I thought that was a really great way to start. Just lock up those big men with with, but again, like we were saying, I don't know. Westbrook sounds appealing to me now. What but pick did you have first? You took Harden number one. Eight cat, yeah. It's a mock. I wanted to see how it shaked out. No, I'm not saying it. I'm. I just. I'm mad at you for it. I just. I yeah, just yeah. Interesting that with Curry and Westbrook and. I would still take Curry nine cat without even thinking about it. Yeah. Even with the three-point talk we're talking about here. Just, he's so, so good for percentages, too. Uh, okay, so we could, I guess, move along here. Um, back on track. Talk some Marvin. Uh, breakout season. Marvin Williams uh, at age 30. Uh, hit 1.93s. That was by far a career high. Uh, he had, what, he barely hit. He never had higher than point two threes in his first three seasons. Uh, just totally busted out. You feeling the Marvin love on a, a repeat? Well, the thing about Marvin last year is like after the first month, it was like, okay, this is a fluke. Yeah. This ain't going to last. And then like four months later, I'm sitting there like, wait a second. He's, he's still playing. He's still going. So it was a weird year, man. I've never seen a guy that we thought was a fluke keep it up a whole year in – such a weird circumstance as, as Marvin last year. That was just pretty shocking, I think. So, um, I mean, can he do it again? I don't know. I don't know why he can. I don't think Frank Kaminsky's ready to blow up this year, and Tyler Hansborough is a, a backup, obviously. So, um, it'll be interesting to see if Michael Kidd Gilchrist. 
coming back has any impact on Marvin. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm fine again, round nine. I need threes and a bunch of other stuff. Marvin looks good. Yeah. Uh, he's just another guy that's solid. I don't think he's going to be as good, but he'll slide. I mean, no one's going to go to their draft. Like, ah, I got to have Marvin Williams on my team. I failed. So another like Wes, just let him fall. When you feel like he's a, a good value, pounce on him. Probably like you could probably get him around like nine ten. Um, I, I don't think you know he's thirty, so he's not really trending up. He kind of peaked last year, even though he peaked um, really really high for as far as the Marvin Williams we know. So yeah, I'm cool with him. Uh, like you said, I don't think MKG affects him much. He played the overwhelming majority of his minutes at the four, so uh, he may. Take a hit. I mean, he still played only 28.9 minutes a game. So call it 26 minutes, probably worst-case scenario. So you're only cutting off, what, 10% of his output. Uh, no big deal there. Uh, we'll move on here to kind of another sneaky maverick is Seth Curry. And we've got to talk about how incredible his April was. Uh, he had 16.4 points, 3.33s. Uh, 46% from the field, added a steal a game, uh, added five assists a game. He's going to play point guard for the Mavs. Uh, this is just straight kind of last round flyer. I could see him getting 22, 23 minutes, and that's cool. He'll put up value, I think, in that playing time if he's good. You think he's going to play point guard? He's going to play backup point guard. That's what Car- That's what the Mavericks have been saying. Yeah, I'm not really targeting Curry. It's too... He did have a good April, but prior to that, there wasn't a lot there. They've got all those guards on this team. You know, Matthews and Berea and uh, Devin Harris is still there. They got Darren Williams. So, And all those guys are old, and all those guys are totally anti-Mike Gallagher profile <laughs> um, players. And Seth Curry is the poster boy of Mike Gallagher uh, <laughs> type of guys you know young with a high ceiling um i just don't a little mystery thrown in there new team new system love it a lot of mystery thrown in there (laughs) i I, i'm probably not gonna end up with seth curry on any of my teams unless something unless he just dazzles me in preseason yeah yeah uh you won't be surprised when i went to the bank as a kid and they had the little dumb dumb lollipops man always got always about that mystery flavor (laughs) Actually, uh, about two months ago, I was at a bank uh, waiting for a little bit, and I, gra- I grabbed one for old time's sake. <laughs> I didn't even—I don't even remember the mystery dum dum. Oh, the, pur- the, the purple ones. It's—it would be like purple, and you wouldn't know what flavor it was. And it's fun, man. So, could it? Could it be root beer? Like could, it was could, whatever. It was just—it was just uh, food dyed, and it would be whatever. It, you would—it could be root beer. It could be whatever. No, that's fantastic. Yeah, man. Yeah. I always, uh, I always just didn't really care what I got as long as it wasn't <laughs> yellow or green. Oh yeah, no yellow. Or orange is where it's at. Cherry's always good. Uh, preferably the white cherry ones, so you don't get the the silly red tongue and all that <laughs> jazz. Uh, so yeah, we're talking about lollipops right now. <laughs> well, I should be an expert in lollipops because every time we go to the bank, because you suck, is that why? <laughs> no, <excuse> <laughs> every time we go to the bank, man, I got a load car carload of kids. So <laughs> there's dum dum sticks stuck to my carpet and my back seat all over the place. Oh man! All right, so uh, I guess we'll we'll go to another sucker. 
uh, at least last season, with, with his cell phone. That's D'Angelo Russell, who, in this mock I did, went later. I thought people would be like, all right, give me that D'Angelo love, because new system, old coach gone, new coach gone, young, three-point shooter, could get you some assists, could get you some steals. I mean, the ceiling is just... Re- I mean, if, if he winds up hitting like 46% from the field, not going to happen. But um, this guy has like seriously top 20 potential. Potential. But um, uh, if if he's fallen to like 7th, I'll take him there. But uh, I just feel like by the time draft comes around, people are going to be reaching for this guy, who I expect fully to hit two three-pointers a game. Well, and he, he's, he, he should make a make a take a big step forward this year i think um i mean the lakers drafted him where they did because they look at him as one of their you know leaders of the future and i don't know why that doesn't have to start this year so uh i kind of like d'angelo i I could even see me reaching for him and maybe like five six yeah me too if i don't have any point guards i'm feeling him uh i i don't have a problem with him now i hate all the uncertainty and all the damage he can do to your field free throw or field goal percentage and turnovers and whatnot. But, um, man, there's so much upside there. It's so much untapped potential. It's just scary to think about. Yeah. I mean, his old coach threw him under the bus even before the whole Nick young fiasco. So he's getting a real great fresh start. Um, yeah, I mean, if he has, a, if he has a great uh, camp and a great preseason, man, his ADP is going to launch, like nobody's business, um, yeah. But I'll, I'm still down. So with that, I guess last year's best guard, not so much for standard fantasy because he really killed you in field goal percentage, is Devin Booker. Um, only 42% from the field, but when he got let loose, it was only 40% um, to go with 3.1 turnovers. That that really hurt his nine cat value. Um, but yeah, he really fell off on three pointers. I wrote a column about him about a month ago. Um, talking about how he was taking a lot of contesteds, a lot of off-the-dribble stuff, which you don't want to do, especially as a young player. So I expect him to be better there. But I feel like he's going to get overdrafted. Um, I would definitely, probably by about four rounds, uh, prefer D'Angelo over Booker. What about you? Yeah, I'm pretty certain that Booker is not going to be on any of my teams this year because I'm going to keep waiting and saying, oh, it's still too early, it's still too early. By the time I'm ready, he's going to be long gone. So... Um, I like Booker's game. Like, like we've talked about, uh, he'll be on a lot of my FanDuel teams. Mm-hmm. Um, but I doubt I own him very often in uh, season long. Yep, same here. Uh, I like him in, in Dynasty, though. I could see some real nice potential there. Yes. Uh, all right, so Buddy Heald, uh, another young guard, sixth pick from the Pelicans. They need three-pointers. Uh, Rhino's gone. Eric Gordon's gone. And this guy can hit him, man. 4.0 three-pointers in 35 minutes at Oklahoma last year. Guy just was firing at will. 46%. Uh, Didn't look good in summer league. But there's talk of running pick and rolls with Heald and Anthony Davis. Um, Yeah, he's not going to be that great, though. I don't see his field goal percentage being helpful like really it was last year. I mean, he made 50% from the field last year in college. That's just not going to happen. I could see him kind of a 42-ish. So that's going to hurt you. Um, pretty much just late round flyer, even if he does start. Uh, just I don't see the steals. I don't see the assists. I don't see really anything else besides threes. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I don't know a lot about Buddy Heald. Uh, I haven't like 
sat down and started studying for drafts yet. I'm just compiling information yeah. for the guide, and I, I have not dealt with the Pelicans at all yet. So uh, I'm I'm a, in the dark on Buddy Heald, but I'm going to take your word for it, and he does not sound like a Dr. A uh, must-own at this point. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't really have too much uh, for the. I wrote his, I wrote his uh, little capsule for the draft guide. Talked about how he has kind of more pull up shots and how it'll eventually translate, but it's just it's just not going to happen right away. It's just so hard, even with four years in college, uh, I don't see that really happening. So tying each one more really quick. Unbelievable shooter last year. Uh, he he made forty five percent from three last year in twenty one minutes a game, and that's why they signed him. So he's a little bit of, I guess, Buddy Heald insurance. Nice little pickup for them, a team that, like we said, missed so many threes. Um, just just someone to keep an eye on. Yeah, and I, I'm not convinced that Buddy Heald's going to start for that team. With Tony Douglas and Etuan Moore, they're guys with experience. I don't know that they want to throw Buddy Heald into that fire that early, but uh, that's something to watch in training camp. And hopefully the Pelicans can stay healthy this year. Yeah. <laughs> that was just unbelievably bad. Uh, okay, so let's see here. We could hit uh, Mr. KCP, uh, Contavious Caldwell-Pope. You want to go first on him? Massive minutes last year. Georgia Bulldogs. <laughs> um, yeah, man, I like Pope. Uh, Darren Hilliard <laughs> is really his only comp now. He has at, a back at injury now, too. And uh, like you said, he, he did have a good season last year, and – um, I think KCP, not only just in three pointers, cause he's going to hit, you know, at least two a game probably this year. Uh, but I kind of like his all around game and, and, uh, I like the fact that he's should be coming into his own this year. Like he's a guy that I'm probably going to target a little earlier than other people will. Yeah, I would say. Besides the minutes, it was a kind of a down year. Um, he only made thirty-one percent from three. That, that that's just not really acceptable for that. So if he if he could increase that to thirty-five, where he was at two seasons ago, yeah, like you said, you're talking about a two-three per game guy. And yeah, I mean, when there's no competition, you gotta love that. Um, yeah, so he should be good. Another solid guy. I would prefer Gary Harris uh, to KCP. What about you? <laughs> Um, they're going to go around the same. They went around the same time in the draft I just did. Yeah, I think I'd probably take KCP, okay. but it's close, man. I mean, I can't sell you tell you that on October 25th when I'm in the middle of a draft, <laughs> I won't go with Gary. Yeah. All right, so let's go to the newly married J.R. Smith, which doesn't even feel right to say. Um, he is... Another bombs away kind of a guy with the threes. Uh, he was crazy. He he'll do that where he'll just go off. Um, January three point oh threes, February three point oh threes, and then didn't hit. Uh, and then also six games in April when they were kind of taking it easy. He had four threes in those six games uh, per game. So straight up specialist throws in some steals in there. He's going to hurt you on field goal percentage. Not a great free throw shooter. I uh, actually had a terrible free throw shooting season last year, but really didn't go to the line at all. Uh, so, yeah, where does he fit in this whole mix of late shooting guards for you? Well, he's more of a, of a DFS player because he can get hot and blow up for that 35-point game and eight threes and then back it up with two games of nothing. Um, 
I, and who knows how marriage is going to treat James <laughs> Smith, man. I mean, that's a huge factor. It's got to uh, help, right? Who knows, man? I mean, maybe he can't function without being out all night partying. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Uh, a lot of guys play golf better when they're, when they're drinking beer. <laughs> so I don't know what it's going to mean for, for JR, but, uh, you know, he's, he's not a guy I need on, on my team. He, especially playing in Cleveland, maybe if he was with the Knicks, uh, where he'd have more freedom to do whatever he wants, I'd feel a little bit better about it, but I'm down. Uh, I'm down to take him. He fits kind of right at the top of that group. So after that KCP Harris Reddick kind of group, uh, that, that group after that, uh, I, I think he's in the mix, just kind of a last couple rounds. He's not going to, he'll be there. Um, and he had, he's, he, for some reason, I mean, when he's on, if he starts out hot, and you can kind of throw him in for a trade or something, you're going to be in good shape. Um, Cleveland doesn't have a lot of depth, so he should definitely have a, a chance, assuming he's signed, by the way. Um, yeah, he's not even signed yet. Yeah, which is, which is where I think it's a given that he signs. That would be very surprising. Uh, so we'll move on here. Uh, Rodney Hood, uh, kind of a breakout last year. A really great pick-and-roll player, one of the best among the non-big-name players. Uh, his three-point shot was a little bit hit and miss. Finished at thirty-six percent from three, but he had a, his January was just eye-popping. Nineteen points, three threes a game, uh, and then finished with two point oh threes a game in thirty-two minutes with a Jazz team that picked up a lot of depth. Uh, they have like seventeen point guards, uh, <laughs> and they have Boris Diaw now. So there's uh, some concern with Hood not hitting thirty minutes a game. What do you think? Uh. And you didn't even mention Joe Johnson, which is probably the guy, even though he's close to 50 years old, uh, probably the guy that has the best chance to hurt Hood. Um, Not to mention Alec Burks is still there. So I think Hood is going to have a hard time matching what he did last season. I agree. Which means he's probably going to be drafted earlier than I want to take him. Yeah, and we had, I've had this debate with, I think everyone, I think you were with this, with the Gary Harris or Hood debate. Was that with you? I, I took Harris, so he's starting to, to, where are you at in that one? I don't know if that was me and you, but yeah, I would rather have your boy, the guy, the man that you love, Gary Harris. <laughs> well, Hood was my boy last year, man. I loved Hood. I drafted him everywhere, and I was satisfied with that. I think so. I think Gary Harris is my, my new Rodney Hood. Um, Hood's got Hood's got too many too many other guys to deal with. Too many cooks under the the hood. The, you know the cooks in the kitchen where they have the little hood for on top of the stove. Whatever I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, and also <laughs> I should add Trey Lyles too. It's kind of a sneaky three point guy. I could see him hitting two point oh threes. Uh, yeah, even in limited minutes. I mean, he launched at summer league, and that's that's his role. He's got a real nice jumper. I could see him hit, filling it up. Uh, as one of the main scorers, along with Joe Johnson off the bench. So chugging along here, we're almost done, guys. Um, we got Alan Crabb, massive contract, really turned some heads in the postseason. Uh, we all saw what he did against Golden State with his 13 points a game, 1.8 threes uh, in 31 minutes. And I could see him playing 30 minutes a game, which would be a real nice spike from where he was in the regular season at 26 minutes a game. But... Uh, 86% shooter from the line last year, 46% from the field. So another one of those guys that's in that J.R. Smith class. 
that, all right, I need a shooting guard late. Um, I would prefer Smith, I think, over Crab, but it's a little close. I think Crab could be the uh, kind of a steel guy too. So I like Crab. I think Crab is kind of the, the more fun guy to own because he's only 24. Yeah, I like Crab too. I kind of liked Crab all all year last year. Like I didn't have him on my team all year, but he was a guy that was on my radar, and uh, I, I was checking him out a lot. So yeah, um, Gary, I, Gary Harris Light, man. Right there. Well, and he, he Crab should be able to take a big step forward this year. Of course, he's got to deal with having two of the best guards in the entire NBA hmm. on his roster. But you know, he comes in, you know, for instant offense potential off that bench for them. And uh, I think Crab's going to have a good year. I, I like him as a super late flyer if you need threes. Um, and he's also probably probably going to bounce up and down off the wire a little bit. Uh, because of his inconsistency, but I'm an Alan Crabb fan. How much do you hate that Evan Turner pickup, man? What a stupid move that was. I take a minute away so from much Crabb. money. Yeah, I hate that. That's probably my number two most hated transaction. One being Mozgov, obviously. Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't help Crab either. Yeah, not at all. They're really, really, really deep. Uh, my dog's going crazy. She'll be all right. <laughs> There's a garbage man outside. Anyway, anyways, um, Courtney Lee, real fast before we get out of here, he is in a new system with Hornacek, who likes to shoot the three. You can see him getting a good 30 minutes a game. Not going to have a high usage, obviously, with Rose, but that's okay. He's never been a high usage guy, anyways. So, could be sneaky for a steal and a half and a three and a half. Uh, and as long as he's hitting that 45, 46 field goal, hitting his free throws, not turning the ball over, he'll have close to probably top 120 value. So another, that, that same group, that Alan Crabb, Jarrett Smith, Courtney Lee group, maybe Aaron Aflalo if you want to throw him in there, he doesn't shoot three as much. Uh, there's a market out there for those late three-point three help. Yeah, I mean, I could see me taking Courtney Lee if, if I was out of options and really needed three-pointers, but he's not really uh, – I've never really uh, – been a huge fan his numbers don't blow me away he seems like he's had a lot of opportunities that he has failed to take advantage of throughout his career as far as really blowing up i i i'm just gonna let somebody else have him yeah yeah it's very low ceiling so last round it's kind of stupid to take a guy with that much of a ceiling right um yeah i mean i this just i'm thinking there's younger guys more unknowns with more potential that I could roll with, or even an old guy that I feel more confident in. Jr. For instance, you would. T- Where would you I, go, Jr. or Crab? I'd rather. Oh, uh, I, I'd probably take Jr. Yeah, I mean, if I have my team stacked on threes, like say I grab Curry or somebody else like that, I'd probably go Crab because I think he'll be better across the board with better field goals percentage wise. So. Dude, what are, where'd Joe Johnson go in your draft today? Undrafted. No reason. No reason to draft Joe Cool. Yeah. All right. All right. So that's going to do it. Uh, we'll be doing all sorts of stuff, kind of tracking. Um, I guess we're, who's going to fit in the rotation, all sorts of stuff, man. It's only August. <laughs> so anything else you want to add before we get out of here? Nope. And besides these podcasts, there's still columns. Rolling through uh, Roto World, and as the season approaches, we'll have more and more written stuff. Uh, it's the off season, and we're all working on the draft guide, and we're doing podcasts. So the 
the written content has been a little light, but uh, it's getting ready to start start to pick up again. Yep, I'm going on to Vegas this weekend, and then when I get back, uh, time to buckle down. So excited for my nice little trip out trip out of town, have some fun. UFC's in town, so my buddy's dragging me out there. Should be a blast. Nice. My br- my brother and I are talking about going in October. Well, he's going for sure, and he's, his company's got a hotel room, so all I got to do is get a flight to go out there and watch some football. So I think uh, I'm going to try to make that happen. Nice. Yeah, I'm actually going to play some bets on some props. I ha- Like I said in the Wednesday pod, uh, I'm going to bet Curry 4-1 to MVP. That seems like an easy bet to make. Uh, I'm going to bet Simmons Rookie of the Year, uh, and then I'll bet some over-unders on wins and stuff. I'm going to probably drop a couple hundred bucks on, on those uh, prop bets. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it should be fun. So you guys have a great weekend, and thanks for coming on, Steve. All right. See y'all. Hey, Mom. First things first, thank you. It's my one-year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, Mom. Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.